0: And, and food, of course, is one of the main ways we can we numb ourselves. And so I think even just having some uh, discipline in, in, in refraining from food for a season can really be exposing and, and really bring parts of your heart out that you were kind of numbing and, and kind of keeping at bay.
1: Family. All in this Family. Family. We're taking a chance.
0: Family. Greetings, Redeemer family, and welcome back to Redeemer Radio. I'm Pastor Ross, joined again by Dan and Sean, and feeling a little humbled today. Recently, we hung out at Drive Shack together, and I kind of got smoked by them, but it was still a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. So, really, Sean smoked both of us, is, is what true. we're saying.
0: That is true.
2: My humility is struggling today as I <laughs> relish in my victory. Just kidding. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time.
0: It was. But, uh,. Now we get to to move on from that fun to something a little more challenging, talking about fasting. Um, Got a couple quotes for you guys to start us off. Uh, We are continuing our series called Well-Worn Paths, and and, um, yeah, we're talking about the the path of fasting, one way to, to pursue Christ. One person said, when it comes to fasting, we Christians seem to live in a tension between guilt if we don't fast and fear of self-righteousness if we do, between feeling that we lack in piety if we don't, or that we're making an ostentatious display of piety if we do. Another guy says, fasting is one of the most feared and misunderstood of all the spiritual disciplines. So those are some pretty you know, intense claims about fasting. What do you guys make of, of those quotes?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in all of them because I think there is a lot of misunderstanding about the biblical commands about fasting, what fasting does, how you should do it. Uh, Particularly maybe in the 80s and 90s, there were some experiences that I felt were pretty manipulative. Hmm. Uh, And even in my own background growing up in a church that kind of forced some asceticism, some self-denial without real discussion on the reasons, I think has me have a a natural bent of suspicion towards mm-hmm. us,
0: yeah, absolutely,
2: yeah, I would very much agree, Dan. I think you and I have similar backgrounds growing up in a in a Catholic uh church, and um yeah i I think some of that rings true for me as well. I don't know It's almost like I avoid thinking about it <laughs> because of these some of these fears, especially from that that quote about okay on the one side i feel guilty if i don't do it but then i'm like really nervous that if i do if i do it are people going to be suspicious of my motives for doing it and think you know things like that so i get caught up in my own head quite a bit and it comes it really does come out of um, being raised in such a traditional and tradition-based church and oh you you just do these things you know and and therefore you're a good person it's an oversimplification but i think you you kind of see where i'm i'm going with that so
0: yeah absolutely you know i just think more I think those are great um, points to make. I think we've all probably have people in our lives or even our own selves have seen it abused and, and used in unhelpful ways and ways that the Bible says not to do it. Um, but I also just think about, you know, one of our first episodes we talked about there is a place of effort in the Christian life. And, and when you think about f- fasting, especially from food, we'll talk about other kinds of fasting. Um, you know, food is such a basic necessity of life. And so... Um, to have the self-denial to not eat, it does take a, a, a huge level of effort. And so the the temptation for pride and for um, kind of piety and, and, and a pious attitude uh, just is all the more heightened. Um, one, one person even pointed out that there were no books written about fasting from like 1850 to 1950. Like it's just it's not it's been it's been a feared subject. And so we. We enter this topic um, cautiously, but, um, but there are some things the Bible says about it, and so we want to try and wrestle with that. So that kind of segues to kind of our next question is, what does the Bible say about fasting? And so there's so much that we could say. I think we're going to focus on just a couple passages. One is that is the big one is in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, Jesus, he says, when you fast... Um, And then he talks about not being like the hypocrites and um, and different things like that. And, you know, one one author, he pointed out, you know, compare this to other topics in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, when you pray. Jesus says, when you give. And then he says, when you fast. And, of course, praying and giving are very common parts of our life as Christians. And so that's just a, a... it, it's, uh, it's an argument to say that, okay, I think Christ has a level of expectation that this would be part of our, our walk with him. And, and looking at this passage a little closer, there, there is a negative command. It says, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites. They disfigure their faces. Um, and that's just this idea of like they make it very known that they're fasting. And that's part of the temptation. And then, and then he gives a positive command. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. And why would he say that? It's because when you do that, it makes you look normal. Like even if you've been doing it for a while and you kind of don't look as much energy, that helps it cover it up that you're doing it. Um, and then he ends with a promise: "And your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you." But notice Jesus doesn't give any specific commands about how often or how long to do this. Um, and so, but there's other things we need to wrestle with with that passage. Dan, you were mentioning another kind of way to kind of get at the heart of that passage.
1: Yeah, I think necessarily saying that that's an expectation Jesus has for us today could be debated. Yeah. Uh, And at the heart of the passage, I think he really is speaking about humility and sincerity and worship and not some kind of hypocrisy, like look at me for my spirituality. So I think the principle of the passage really is beyond the fasting piece. And the thing that I think makes the whole what is fasting and our responsibility fuzzy for me is the only time it's commanded in scripture is once a year for the people of israel around the day of atonement which we know has been satisfied in christ so and nowhere else do we see a command to fast yeah. you mentioned prayer and giving and in that season those were three disciplines that were often marked together for jews was almsgiving and prayer and fasting. And so, even contextually, wondering is that Jesus speaking to the day of their practices versus mandating mm-hmm. it for us? Yeah. And I think it also, because the other things are commanded elsewhere, but they aren't. Yeah. And another issue for me is we often wrestle with like, there are a lot of examples of fasting for different reasons of the Old Testament that are really insightful and I think can be helpful. But we were always careful when we look at historical books in the Old Testament or even in Acts and say that's prescriptive. We must do this versus yeah. it being descriptive. Like even Acts chapter two about the church devoting themselves to the prayers. And this is that descriptive or prescriptive? So right. I feel like on this aspect of the means of grace, um, it has less biblical mandate, though it could have real wisdom for us. So that's why, for mm-hmm. me, this is a more challenging topic because I always want to be careful of man. You know, we want people to be bound to scripture, not our opinions or
0: fads. Now, I really appreciate you pointing that out, Dan. Especially for me personally, because I my tendency can be I'm such a doer, and I, I just love you know if I see something like, and I, I I'm it's not hard for me to kind of sacrifice myself to do something hard um and i can take that mentality and i think you've really helped me wrestle with this a lot and and um you know you also sent an article recently that that gave some different views on fasting that i had never read that were very helpful and i think it's it's healthy um for us to have this dialogue and um yeah i think you're probably all witnessing even me right now just uh you know, wrestling with with how how the Bible talks about this, there is there is a little bit of unclarity, and so that's part of why we um, enter this topic cautiously. But I like what you said, Dan. Just like there still is wisdom in it, there are there are enough examples in Scripture that there is wisdom, but we have to be careful with kind of the emphasis we put mm-hmm. on it.
2: Um, for the listeners, uh, just to give a peek behind the curtain, I walked into I walked down the hallway in our church building. You know, 30 minutes before we were supposed to be recording, and Dan and and Ross are. And they're, you know, standing or sitting there with books open, quietly reading themselves and then discussing some of these things as well and really trying to mine the depths of Scripture. And so I think even as a, a means of grace in and of itself that we can sort of mine the depths of Scripture and take the time to really consider what the Scriptures have to say um, is itself this means of grace, this well-worn path of, of discussing Scripture with others and really yeah. asking other people's opinions. I think right now we're, we're, we're really tempted to come down on a side on different issues. Um Uh, You guys uh, gave me something to listen to yesterday where um, this podcast by Kevin DeYoung, right, where it's like we live, we're trying to do um, this both and work in an either or culture, which is just sort of pointing out that we like today, it's like you come down on one side or the other. um, And that's just so much easier than having to sit down and and find the maybe the truth in both sides or, or or um you know what are the best intentions of the person presenting the argument and so to even be able to just sit down and have these conversations and really figure out okay scripture says this about about fasting let's zoom out and see the bigger picture let's zoom in and see the smaller picture and really wrestle with this i've enjoyed just watching this like this morning unfold and yeah um, it's been helpful for me so just as a peek behind the curtain i hope that's helpful but this is not something we're going to have a definitive answer on today right we're just going to try and see what kind of wisdom it has for us so anyway
0: Absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, in the New Testament, there are a couple examples in Acts where the the believers did fast for very specific reasons. Um, uh, One of which was before Paul and Barnabas chose elders for the churches. Um, But again, like Dan said, those are those are descriptions of a story. Those are not prescriptions, which means there's not a command there. Um, but, it, but we are seeing New Testament Christians using this in a helpful way. And so I, there, there is a sense in which there is wisdom in that. And so when we think about fasting, what, what is fasting? Um, one way to put it is it's a Christian's voluntary abstinence from food or a normal function for spiritual purposes. So it's, it's Christian. You know, there's a lot of fasting that goes on in our society today. You know, like there's this resurrection of intermittent fasting. Maybe you've heard of that or for detoxing purposes or for health or weight loss. But this is we're talking about Christian fasting for spiritual purposes. It's voluntary, as we said. It's not coerced. There's no command for it in Scripture. And it's from food or a normal function. You know, all the biblical examples are from food. Um, but I think as we'll get into in a little bit, there are also other uh, wise uh, things in our life that fasting could be helpful uh, for. Um, and then, of course, for spiritual purposes. And this is important. We don't just do fasting um, because it's what Christians do, but you have to have a purpose in doing it. And I know that's been something in my own life when I've done it in the past that I've kind of done it purposelessly. Um, and so what, as you guys think about, okay, if if, if there is some wisdom in this practice what are some purposes for doing it why why might you do it
1: i I think one connection you see in the scriptures is prayer and fasting that the two go together so i think a time where you are fasting from a meal or multiple meals or some other thing first corinthians 7 paul actually says you know don't abstain from sex unless it's for a season of prayer yeah so there is an example of a different type of fast Right. So, but I think it's connected. One of the main reasons be to commune with the Lord, and there's different reasons why you might do that, right? Maybe it's a big decision which we see modeled, or it's uh, over seeking wisdom on a particular issue, or trying to put to death a sin, or grieving. Like there are all sorts of reasons you might uh, have for the purpose of spending more time in prayer. So yeah. that would be one reason.
2: Um, I like this quote from uh, Mathis, whose book we're we're reading pretty heavily for for this. Um, he says it's, it's for the purpose of stretching our hearts to get fresh air beyond the pain uh, and trouble around us. So even not as an escape, but a return to, uh, to a relationship with God and, and seeking and seeking more, uh, depth in that relationship for the purpose of being able to focus on our eternal home and our eternal hope. Um, and, and so being willing to sort of die to the earthly, uh, things that we just take for granted, um, in order to find our true hope in, in, in God himself and his, the home that he's preparing for us even now. Um, so I think it's to get a breath of fresh air, even as we might s- struggle or suffer in an earthly way, we're, we're really clinging to, um, the, the, the eternal hope that's, um, that we're reminded of in scripture over and ever again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that's, that's where I was going to go to Sean. It's just, that idea of how um, you know we don't know that God is really all we have until He is all we have. I'm, I'm messing that quote up um, from the sermon that was quoted this Sunday, but um, you know Jesus is called our bread of life. He is satisfying to our soul, and, and I think fasting can be a practical way to really um, remind ourselves of that um, if it's done in a healthy way, and um, it really. You know, helps increase our devotion to God and our, and, our fo- and really helps focus our prayers. Um, you know, an empty stomach it's always on your mind. Food is always on your mind and if, if, if you can really use that to redirect your heart to hungering for God and, and, and redirect your heart to prayer, it's a practical way to really focus in your prayers and, and, um, and I've, I've found some help with that in my life. It's also it can just be kind of almost spiritually detoxing. It, it It's really exposing, you know, and not just for food. And we'll talk about other fasting from other things, but it it's, um, we can very, we can grow very dependent upon the things of the earth to, to kind of, um, inoculate our, uh, our our pain or, or numb our pain or or other things and and food of course is one of the main ways we can we numb ourselves and so I think even just having some uh, discipline in 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 refraining from food for a season can really be exposing and and really bring parts of your heart out that you were kind of numbing and and kind of keeping at bay. Um, and Sean, I know you were thinking of other ways that you can do that.
2: Yeah, So um, I posed this question to a group of people recently, you know, would it be easier for you to fast from food or from your phone? And wow, so as a, a <laughs> sort of as a um I, I give all the credit to Dan for that question. I think he he gave me that idea for that question. But but think about that. Right. So fasting is um, meant to sort of like lose our dependence on things of the earth rather and rather have dependence on on God himself and and, and strengthen our relationship with him. Um, yeah. I think fasting from things like your phone or social media um, are really helpful ways to figure out, is this, is this a problem for me? The answer is probably yes, because I think we all struggle to some degree with all of these things, right? Um, but finding out to the extent, the extent to which we're relying on those things instead of God, um, I think fasting from your phone would be a tremendous idea. Um, I tried it a few years ago, just having uh, really, really strict parameters on that. And it was difficult. Um, I don't know that I had this full robust understanding of fasting and I still don't, but I I think I understand it better now. And I I see the value of it because our phone seems as essential to us as God is supposed to feel (laughs) right. Like I think that's what we, I think that's our relationship with it. We feel weird if it's not in our hands. Uh, My phone is in my office right now and I feel a little bit like naked without it, right? Empty without it. Um, That's not how I'm meant to have a relationship with that, with that thing that God has given me, right? Um, that's that's how my relationship with him is supposed to feel right Um, Right. And so I think taking anything else you know it can be food for sure I think that's where we see it's 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 um, fasting is uh, referenced in in relation to food right in Scripture but um, I think anything that we might depend on instead of God is something that it would be good to fast from.
0: Yeah. And Dan just made a great point that there actually is an example. I had forgotten about that, that in first Corinthians seven. Right. Um, yes. Cause yeah. one of the authors said it was all food, but I think he makes a great point that there is other examples um, in scripture on that. So uh, Dan and Sean, let's say someone's listening and, and has never really dabbled in this and and also understands some of the caution that uh, this discussion has brought about about this. But someone is maybe still interested in, hey, I, I am wanting to try something with this. What are some some words you have to someone kind of starting out with this and and some practical advice on, on how to start practicing fasting to some degree? Any thoughts? Well, I mean,
1: I think I would start by saying, hey, tell me how you're doing on some of these other things we've discussed. Yeah. Because if for some reason this captures your attention, like, oh, this is really what I want to do, well, why? Hmm. Maybe you do need to skip breakfast, though they say it's the most important meal of the day, Um, though intermittent fasters would say it's not, right? So maybe, though, all joking aside, maybe you do need to skip breakfast so you could spend 15 minutes praying, Hmm. reading the Bible, and communing with God. So maybe that's what you need to begin to develop a habit. I don't know but I, before i went to fasting i'd want to say let's talk about these other things are you yeah. making some strides in these and uh, then we could kind of begin to say all right then what's the next step so that's the first place i would go before i even begin to give suggestions on fasting
0: yeah
2: and then i think it's also relying on the people that are in your life but also having a really a messy conversation with god and just asking him to reveal the things that you're depending on um what am yeah. i what am i misusing god what am i how am I, um, do I have a good relationship with these things? Asking yourself, do I like the relationship I have with social media, my phone, my work, my whatever, right? Like, um, whatever that is. And and then trusting the people that are in your life. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's someone you've walked closely with, but ask, just really asking them to be honest with you and say, where do you see me struggling and relying on things other than God? Um, where, you know, before you even consider again, so Dan's, if Dan's giving, of 1a i'm maybe giving 1b right like if you've kind of moved through what the, the motivation why are, why am i why am i doing this why am i wanting to do this then you kind of think okay what do i what do i need to fast from i think food is a great place to start i'm, I'm just right. sort of on this hobby horse of saying other things too oh, right? totally so and, and and using the community around you to to sort of help reveal some of those things
0: yeah
1: so in some ways you're speaking to to the idea of fasting for part of our sanctification or mortification, right. Of becoming holy, putting stuff to death. Mm -hmm. I do think there may be, you know, maybe someone's wanting to fast or think about like, I have a big decision coming up too, like, Mm -hmm. and I want to put that before the Lord, or uh, there's something really heavy on my heart that I want to, I want to keep bringing before the Lord. So again, there may be a multiplicity of reasons to so asking, why do I want to fast? Like you said, Ross, what's the purpose behind it? Right. And what are some of the descriptive ways that fasting has been used? Uh, making yeah. decisions, bringing big concerns, grief are some of the ones we've seen in the Old Testament.
0: Yeah. And I think even maybe even going back to that question kind of ties into both is I think probably the most meaningful experience I've had with fasting is when I did it for someone else. Mm. Um, someone else in my life had something really hard going on. Um, and I did it. Um, uh, I don't remember how long just to, it wasn't very long, but just to really pray for that person, to really focus my prayers for that person. And, um, I was able to share that with them later and just see how much that meant to them. So it is even a way to serve other people and to, to, um, enhance your prayers for other people. Um, and that could be another place to start of just like, maybe how could I serve someone with this? But yeah, two other things that really stuck out to me from, um, David Mathis's book on this is he just talks about start small. You know, sometimes we can just want to, you know, do it like a really vast amount right away, but just start small. Maybe it's a meal. Um, maybe it's even just like a snack you have regularly and just trying to Fast from that for a little bit. Um, And another thing he says, actually, on an even more practical level is, you know, in your moment of fasting, whatever it is, maybe it's from your phone or your food, is whenever you're hungry during the fast, don't just name that. Don't just, like, dwell on, oh, man, I'm so hungry right now. But use that hunger thought to turn into prayer to Jesus is kind of what I was saying earlier. And I thought that was a really helpful thing. Um, uh, That just helps develop the real purpose of why you're doing it. So any other Closing thoughts on fasting. Damn. I
2: liked what Ken Jones had to say about. Um, th- we read an article that Dan sent at late at night, the night before we recorded, dropped a bombshell on us. But he says, um, he says that it's an act of humility, and we need to acknowledge our need to subdue the appetites of the flesh, and focus more intently on who we are and what we have been given in Christ. So I think mm. even maybe. <laughs> leaving some of the terminology and some of the oh fasting as this sort of idea put on a pedestal and just really acknowledging yes, we have appetites of the flesh that we struggle with, right? And so we need to work to subdue those things. This is what you said at the beginning the Christian life, uh, it's, it's we have this faith but it also we're required uh, to put forward effort, right? And yeah. to, to subdue the appetites of the flesh. I think we all can relate to that no matter where we come down on fasting in particular, right? right? So I think even just getting out of some of the definitions and the terms and just really thinking on a principle level right like on a principial level about yeah. subduing the appetites of the flesh I think as long as we can keep that as sort of our our focus it get, get we can guard put up the guardrails the banks of the river against the the self-righteousness or the guilt or yeah. whatever right
1: yeah yeah and, and I think we also I, we've changed our script up different or like talking points that we were going to go through but I think there's some dangers that we need to watch out for. And I think one is using fasting as a means to earn something from God. We wouldn't yeah. be quite so crass, I think, but at times it's like, Hey, I'm fasting so that you'll do X for me. You'll Absolutely. heal this person. You'll do this. And if then it doesn't come through, then well, did God fail? You know, uh, on Sunday, a friend of mine um, who I coached soccer with was a deacon in my church, passed away from COVID complications. And, their pastor had invited the church over several different weekends to say, Hey, if you'd like to fast different times and be praying for Jimmy, hmm. uh, please do that. So, you know, what's the response? Jimmy wasn't healed. Jimmy didn't mm-hmm. uh, continue to live on this earth. So then do you become frustrated or do you think that God didn't answer it? Is fasting, not helpful? Well, if, if it was in essence a spiritual hunger strike to manipulate God, then you're not doing it the right way. Right. Uh, and, I think there were times, again, this is in the distant past that I've seen churches or parachurches call people to fast almost for that thing to do mm-hmm. um, with the anticipation that our fasting will bend God's will Yep. Uh, versus being submissive to God's will and praying for his kingdom to come however he sees fit. So I think that's a danger as well as the self-righteousness. Look at me. I, I, I fast and You really need to, and that's why for this one in particular, sincerity of worship and commitment to what Scripture commands, uh, we need to be careful not to elevate something that's not uh, mandated for us. So those are some dangers I could see uh, in how we practice. Though, again, it can be helpful. I've done it for big decisions, for other people, for people who have been sick, for, um, for my own personal life at times, wanting to address some things. So it can be useful, um, but just with wisdom.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great word, Dan. And, um, really important caveats for sure. Well, we've waded through the rough waters of this topic and I think we're on the other side and I, I feel pretty good about where we've landed. So, um, appreciate y'all's thoughts and, and work on that. And, um, we thank you all for listening and course as always um, any questions you have don't hesitate to reach out Um, and but thanks for tuning in and um, we look forward to continuing this series next week Uh, until then grace and peace to you all